the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today, I'm so glad you're here because we begin a brand new series called The Goat. And GOAT stands for the greatest of all what? Time. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 23 again. uh, This chapter is considered to be, by some people, the greatest chapter in the entire Bible. It's only six verses, if you look at it. I want you to stand. We're going to read this as we start this series. Uh, There's a reason why this is the greatest chapter of all time. Certainly the greatest psalm of the 150 psalms. Words are on the screen. Read it along with me, or you can read out of your Bible. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul, and he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated. I want you to say the word supernatural. Supernatural. This psalm doesn't bring help to the helpless. This psalm brings supernatural help to the helpless. It brings supernatural hope to the hopeless. It brings supernatural healing to the hurting. And it brings supernatural encouragement to the discouraged. This first verse, we're going to look at it today, if you, if you look at the words, there's only nine words in that first verse, only nine. And as I was studying this week, I, 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 this is an honest assessment, I, I thought, you know what, it would take me nine weeks to do these nine words justice. 
So what we're going to look at in the next 25 minutes, 30 minutes, we're just going to scratch the surface to what these nine words mean. I've always said with a smile, I've always kind of joked around that I am the shepherd here at Shepherd Church, shepherding the sheep on behalf of the great shepherd. And uh, I have three major points in verse 1. And the first, and I want you to write this down in your notes, that the shepherd, I want to look at the shepherd, the shepherd is permanently responsible for the sheep. And I have that first verse in your notes. I want you to circle the word shepherd. If you have your notes, circle or underline or put a star that the shepherd, I want to look at the shepherd, the shepherd is permanently responsible for the sheep. You see, the beauty and the power of this psalm is not really about the sheep. We read this thing and we look at all the things we get out of it. But the beauty and the power of this psalm is when you take your eyes off yourself and start to look at the great shepherd. Most of us know that David wrote this psalm. David was a local shepherd boy by trade. He grew up tending a flock, so he had firsthand knowledge of shepherding. David knew all about the role and the responsibilities of being a good shepherd. And David instinctively knew the ins and outs of what a shepherd was and what a shepherd does. And clearly and distinctly, as he begins this psalm, he describes, he describes God as a shepherd. Now, he didn't come up with that on his own. If you study the scriptures, you will discover that God himself uses this analogy of a shepherd to the sheep in describing his relationship to his people, the nation of Israel. For example, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, the Bible says that he, God, tends his flock like a shepherd He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his what? To his heart. We have this text in Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 22. The Bible says, God says, I will save my flock. And then we have Isaiah, we have Psalm chapter 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his talking about the creator God of the universe. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Isn't that beautiful that God himself is telling us that our relationship between us and him is like a relationship between a shepherd and his sheep? We are the sheep. I want you to turn to your neighbor and go, Some of you are really good at that. (laughs) Did you know that there are empires and kingdoms that have adopted various animals to symbolize their national spirit? The United States of America, our national symbol that's like a, it's an animal, is the eagle. Over in Russia, it's a bear. In Great Britain, It's a lion. Animals that symbolize power and strength and independence. Yet, when God looked at his people, 
said, I, 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 I don't see eagles. I, I don't see lions or bears. What I see are sheep. Write this down. Sheep are found over 500 times in the Bible. More than any other animal in the world. You might be offended by that. God says, my people are like, let me think, what are my people like? Uh, no, they're not like a giraffe. Um, no, they're not like Roadrunner. Mm, they're not like a, a dog. No, 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 they're not, they're not like a snake. My, my people, oh, there it is, there it is. My people are like that sheep over there. Simple, tend to get dirty a lot, not very smart, (laughs) they go astray easily, And, and, and they're defenseless. Look at them. You know, cats have claws and dogs have teeth and deer can run really fast and bears can attack and horses can kick and Skunk, well, they, I put a ability in there for them to stink, but sheep, no defense. But that's okay because God sees his role as taking care of us, being permanently responsible for us, which means that we don't need to concern or be worried about all the things that we worry about. God's got us. Write this down. Being a shepherd is a 24-hour-a-day job, seven days a week, 365 days a year. He's always on duty. He doesn't take days off. A shepherd works around the clock. The sheep depend upon the shepherd for everything they have, food, shelter, water, and safety. And notice, and maybe you've never noticed this before, but if you go back and look at verse 1, those nine words... And if you look at the second word, which is the word Lord, just look, look at your Bible. Don't look at me. Look at your Bible. And what do you notice about that second word? The Lord is my shepherd. What do you see in your, anything, anything unique about that word as you look at your Bible? Do you notice anything? If you're attentive to detail, you will notice that it's all caps. It's the only word in that verse that's all capitals. Capital L capital O, capital R, and capital D. In fact, the word Lord is in the Psalm 23 two times. It's up in verse 1, and you'll find it again down in verse 6. You can circle it both times. Now, the name Lord, I want to talk about that name. It's a name. Everybody say name. When you see that name, it's referring to the name Jehovah. Say Jehovah. And Jehovah is found, write this down, over 4,000 times in your Bible. You'll see that word. 4,000 times in your Bible. And I don't want to confuse anybody, but it's, it's, I will tell you this, it's sometimes confusing even to me, and I've studied it. It's not really the name Lord. It's the name Jehovah. Jehovah is the Hebrew word for God, except Jehovah is not really the name either. Jehovah is how we anglicized it, which means that we took a foreign word 
and we tried to make it where it sounded good in English, and we translated it from the original word into an English word. That's anglicized. We anglicized the word, and we came up with the word Jehovah. But it's really not the name Jehovah. The real name is Yahweh. And Yahweh is not the real name either. The real name is really actually four letters. Y-H-Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H. It's four letters. That's the name for God. And no one knows how to pronounce those four letters. Because Jewish people had so much reverence for God, they would never even let their lips utter his name. They say there was only one person who would ever say that name. And it was the great high priest. And he would only say it once a year. And he would only say it once a year inside the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. And other than that, no one on the planet Earth ever spoke God's name. So we really don't even know how to pronounce his name. But when you see those four letters, L-O-R-D, here's what it means. Write this down. It means that he was, that he is and that he will be. And what David is saying, and this, ladies and gentlemen, unlocks, it unlocks this psalm, and this word unlocks everything in your life, if you understand this. He is saying that Jehovah God, Yahweh, the one who was, the one who is, the one who ever shall be, the God who is omniscient, the God who's omnipresent, the God who's omnipotent, that that God is our shepherd. Think about that. That's impressive. And the work of the shepherd, the work of the shepherd is the welfare of his sheep. That's the shepherd's job. A shepherd only has one job. A shepherd doesn't have two jobs. A shepherd only has one job and one job only. And that job is the welfare of his sheep. There was a first grade Sunday school class, a teacher. She was attempting to get her students to memorize Psalm 23. And it was difficult for for first graders. But there was one boy, he was the most rambunctious boy in the lot and Whenever she asked a question, he was always first to raise his hand whether he knew the answer or not. And it was time to quote Psalm 23, and that boy again, he was, I want want to go first. So she said, all right, you can go first. So he stands nervously. He pauses. He can't remember the whole thing. And he goes, the Lord is my shepherd, and... That's all I need to know. And he sat down. (laughs) And friends, I want you to know that kid was spot on. That's all you need to know. So give God your worries. Give him your problems, your stress, your heartache, your fears, your doubt, your struggles. Hand all that over to the great shepherd because it's his responsibility to take care of his sheep. The second major point of this verse is that the shepherd is also, write this down, he's powerfully responsive.
to the sheep's need. He's responsive to our needs. The psalmist wrote that the Lord Jehovah is my shepherd and I shall not want. Circle, not want. God's heartbeat, we all have heartbeats. God's heartbeat and longing is to meet all of your needs. I want to say that to you again. God's longing, his heartbeat, the thing that's inside of God is that he wants to meet all of your needs. And the psalmist is saying that if I have the shepherd, that's all I really need. If I have the Lord, I don't, I don't even want anything else. A shepherd basically does three things. Write these things down as quickly as you can. He guides, he guards, and he gives. That's what a shepherd does. He, he guides the sheep to shelter. He guards them from danger. And he gives them or leads them to food. That's, that's all he does. He guides, he guards, he gives. And Psalm 23 verse 1 reminds me of a verse over in the New Testament that you might be familiar with. Philippians 4.19 that says, My God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches found in Christ Jesus. Those two verses are a lot alike to me. But a lot of people misunderstand both of these verses. And here's where we all get confused. The Bible does not say that God will meet all of your greed. It says that he will meet all of your need. If I were to come up to you face to face and ask if for the rest of your life, the rest of your life here on this earth, that my God would meet every need that you will ever encounter on this planet, why would you ever worry about anything? And the obvious answer is you wouldn't worry about anything if you believed it to be true. David, listen, David wrote this. David didn't just believe this. David had experienced this. That's why he could write, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. In other words, he had the Lord in his life. That's all he ever really needed. And the only way God won't meet your need, and there's only one way, and that is if God is a liar. You need to write that down. That's the only way that this isn't true. Indirectly, everybody say the word indirectly. When you worry... You are calling God a liar. God, the great shepherd, desires and is committed to meeting all of your needs. Now, some of you are sitting out here right now. You're here right now, and you're saying, Dudley, that sounds really good, but it's not true because I remember a need in my life, and God didn't meet that need. I remember a time where God didn't come through in my life. I had a need, and God didn't meet it. Well, let me tell you, if God didn't meet it, it wasn't a need. (laughs) 
You say, wait a minute, I say it's a need. Listen, just because you say it's a need doesn't make it a need. You could be sitting out there right now saying, man, what I really need is a Mercedes. That doesn't make it a need. We have single people sitting here right now who think they need to be married. And we've got married people sitting here right now that say they need to be single. What you need, and I hope you're listening, what you need is the great shepherd. And if you've got the great shepherd, you don't need anything else. He will satisfy the longings of your heart. Number three, here's our third point in this text, and this is the most important part, is that the shepherd is personally related to the sheep. This is the heart and center of the greatest chapter of all time. The Lord is, he says, my shepherd. I want you to circle the word my The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Notice the psalmist did not say that the Lord is the shepherd. He didn't say that the Lord is a shepherd. No, no, no. He said the Lord is my shepherd. And if you're sitting here today and you cannot say that, you can't say that the Lord, you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you can't say the Lord is my shepherd, then the shepherd is not obligated to meet any of your needs. He's only obligated to meet the needs of the people that have a personal relationship with him. This church is full of people Who can say the Lord is the shepherd or the Lord is a shepherd? But can you say that the Lord is my shepherd? Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? Listen, this shepherd, the shepherd here in Psalm 23 is no ordinary shepherd. And don't forget back in point one, it's all caps. In fact, in this text, I see two words that describe God. One is capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D, that he's Jehovah, that he's Lord, that he's God, that he's Yahweh. But I also see that the verse calls him a shepherd. Which is he? He's both. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.